Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. A spectacular day in Ottawa with my two friends, Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth. Good morning, gentlemen. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Boy, we got a lot to talk about today. Between March numbers and the federal budget, there's a whole lot going on, guys. There sure is. Yep. Shall we start with you, Paul? Is it good news? Sure. Is it is it good news for sellers in March? Well, I, I you know what I think it's good news for sellers, and I also think there's some positive for buyers as well. You know, like we saw in March alone, we saw the number of sales were down 116 uh, percent. But saying that, we're still well above the five year average. So last year was obviously a really really great March. Uh, so we were under last year, obviously, but we're still ahead of the five year average. Our average sale price in March was actually up 11.8%. The average sale price in March was $757,000. Average price of a residential property in March was $853,000, which is really high. To put that in in context, $853,000, we look at the year to date, it's actually $831,000. Where last year in March, it was 730. So we've gone up $100,000. So if we look at the year to date numbers, uh, our number of sales were actually down 5.6%, which is what, what we expected with the, with the limited listings we have. We, we knew they were going to be down and they are quite down. And the average sale price is up 14.2%. Per, uh, we have an average sale price year to date in Ottawa of 738,000. And when I look at just what's happened just this year, in the in the in the three months of Jan, Feb, March, and where we are right now, um, our average sale price has gone up ninety two thousand dollars, or forty six point five percent. And if we go back to January first, twenty twenty one, not long ago, what is that? 15, 16 months ago, our average sale price is up two hundred eight thousand dollars, which is holy smoke. Like. I almost, I almost had to bring up the calculator to see if I made a mistake on that when I when I did that. I was like two hundred eight, <clears throat> excuse me, two hundred eight thousand dollars is the average sale price. Saying that, sorry, is the, is, is is what we've increased just in the last fifteen months. That's, a, that's a full mortgage for some people. It's a full mortgage, and I, you know, it's what what's happening right now in the Ottawa market um, is is absolutely craziness, absolutely insane and crazy. I will tell you though. For buyers, I think there's a, a silver lining coming your way. Our listings are up. Our listings are up. You know, over the last seven days, we've listed 773 properties, which is really high. At one point, we were listing like two and 300 a month. Now we're, you know, in the last week, we're, we're at 773 active listings. And you look at what's active on the market light right now. Usually we're hovering around, you know, 1,000, 1,100. We've got as high as maybe 1,200. We're at 1,457 active active listings on the market. So we're starting to see the listings pour onto the market, which is good news. In certain areas, they might be pouring on, but they're, sta- they're, they're coming off really quick when you look at the west and the south. Uh, the east is a little bit slower. There's a lot more inventory in the east. There's actually 116 listing active listings in Orleans compared to you know 90 in Barhaven and 91 in Canada. So the good news for buyers is that we're starting to get more inventory. So don't panic. Yes, the average sale price is skyrocketing. And you know you couple that with what Frank's going to tell you about the mortgage mortgage rates. It's 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 going to be a perfect storm here. I mean we're we're seeing the rates rise and we're seeing the average sale price rise. So it's really hard to get into this market right now. So what does that mean? Do you think the sale price is going to come down, Paul? No. 
No, no I don't think it's going to come down. And listen, uh, there's an article, I think you sent it to us, Steve, and there's like, uh, they pulled uh, a bunch of a bunch of respondents and, and I think 62% of people between 18 and 35 are waiting for the bubble to burst before buying. And I think that's a huge mistake. That's a, that was a staggering number because I, the, the bubble is not going to burst. At one point, will we somewhat plateau? Yes, we will. Will we go down? No, we won't. I mean, until we can solve this inventory crisis, we will not be going down the average sale price. We just won't. Well, even these government programs that were announced, they're not going to kick in for a while, right, Frank? Correct. I mean, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but for all the good news we've seen on the real estate side, unfortunately, on the mortgage side, we've seen some um, not so good news with interest rates going up tremendously over the last two months, uh, specifically the last two months ever since that war began. It seems like it's been nothing but an upward trend. We've had another week of increases. uh, And you're right. I mean, the budget really did very little to help Canadians, the young Canadians, buy a house this year or next year. There's very, very few incentives there. Yes, they added this home savings plan, but uh, again, it's $8,000 per year that you can do over a five-year period for a total of 40000 So, uh, you know, if you look at the average home that Paul just talked about being 800000 while well, 5% of 800000 is 40000 So today you need 40000 and you need more because it's, it, it's actually 5% of the first five hundred. And then 10% of the rest. So, you know, you actually need to buy that house $55,000. And here's this home savings plan that's only going to be $40,000. And that is over a five year period. If you miss a year, you can't even double up the following year. You got to wait, you got to even wait another year. So I don't know that that's moved the needle in any way. That kind of got some headlines for them that they're helping, but it's certainly not helping today. We didn't see anything else. We were hoping for the 30-year amortization for first-time homebuyers. That wasn't even entertained at all. Uh, we didn't see them change the default insurer where, you know, uh, to get default insurer from $1 million to $1.25 million. Didn't touch that one either. Like, they really – now, they talked about billions of dollars for new homes, but how long is that going to take? Like, that's, that's a three, four, five, six, seven-year project in itself. So, again, I mean, for the average Canadian that's going to start to struggle now – because of inflation numbers being where they are, uh, there I, I don't believe that there was a lot there for uh, for the average Canadian to uh, to fall back on at least in 2022. Why wouldn't they have raised that cap beyond eight thousand per year? Who knows? Uh, you know, I mean, there's the TFSA, there's the Home Savings Plan, there's the RSP. So there's multiple ways to save that money. But you know, with inflation where it is today. How, how are young Canadians even able to save money? I mean, if everything else is costing more, it, it, it's that much more difficult to save money. And, and the average house price is going up. And I'm with Paul. Whoever wrote that article that there's a, you know, that all this percentage of people, the bubble is going to burst. Those are the same people that thought two years ago the bubble was going to burst and it hasn't burst. And now look at where they are today. So, you know, there's a group of people out there and I think in everything uh, you know, whether it's housing or everything else, there's a group of people that will always see the negative and will always have a negative uh, implications towards everything moving forward. And, you know, I, I think those people are, uh, you know, some people, unfortunately, now kick themselves for renting as long as they did and not, you know, not just getting into the market. And now there's a there's a number of people that will probably never be able to get into the market. The ones that were just on that fence three years ago that, you know, they were aspiring to become homeowners and they were just barely getting to that down payment, 
all of a sudden now it's become almost impossible for them to get into home ownerships moving forward. Well, Frank, yeah, you, you, you say that 15 months ago, our average sale price was $208,000 less, you know, and, and those people that thought the bubble was bursting, I know a lot of them that have still been sitting on the sidelines for the last two years waiting for that bubble to burst. Ooh. And they could have got, they could have gone in a lot less than it is right now. You also mentioned about, you know, the billions of dollars for builders to get, to get to shovels in the ground and build all these homes. I have a couple of buddies who are actually home builders, uh, pretty decent sized home builders. And they said the red tape has never changed. Like it's always been impossible to get shovels in the ground. And, it's, and that's, that's where I've always said, if you want to start giving money to these builders to start building more, cut the red tape a little yeah. bit. I mean, to, to get a shovel in the ground is next to impossible. I talked to my real estate coach who has places in pretty much all over the States, but where he's living now is in Dallas, Texas. And he's like, Anyone with a anyone with a crane can start building a home here. Like there's no there's hardly any red tape. It's just you find land, just start building. You know, and it's just here. It's not like that. I mean, uh, a couple of buddies that I have that are builders, they're like it's it's a process, man. It's and it, it's like you your business, Frank. Like it used to be a lot easier with paperwork, and now it's like there's so much paperwork and rules and regulations you guys have to go through. Builders are going through that two times two. You know, it's just they say it's crazy trying to get a shovel in the ground now, and that's the problem right there. But forget about all the financial incentives. Cutting the red tape would make things happen immediately. Immediately, because there's lots of big builders with lots of deep pockets that are ready to build right now. I mean, you look at like the Mintos and the Matamies and all those big builders. They got land everywhere. They're ready to rock and roll and start building, but they can't get their shovels in the ground, which is the biggest problem. And that's what we have to change in order to start getting inventory on the market. And until we get inventory on the market our average sale price is going to continue to rise. So you think it's not affordable now and not, not attainable now. Wait another year. It's not going to be affordable at all for most people. So we got we got to start getting some shovels in the ground and get these builders going. Well, they really helped you out with the blind bidding, eh, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the one thing that they did bring in that I wasn't really happy with, and Frank and I'll probably disagree with this one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the, you know, the foreign buyers not being allowed to buy for, for the next two years. I'm, I'm fine with that and see if that changes thing. I'm not really happy about the flipping, uh, the flipping rules. Like I, I, I believe that you should be able to flip homes. It's, you know, you're not only are you improving the neighborhood, you're improving the house, you're improving the prices. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of people make a living that way. So I didn't agree with that, but I know Frank probably disagrees. But um, well, I don't disagree with with the concept. I, I just agree with the government when if you're taking a house and flipping it and doing some work to it and then flipping it, it's a business. So that's what the government is saying. They're saying if that's your business, that this is what you're going to do. You're going to buy a house. You're going to fix it. Three months later, you're going to sell it, and you're going to buy another one. You're going to do the same thing. Then that technically to them, that's a business. So. You know, I I like the fact that people should be able to do it now. What number it's taxed at is the question because they didn't they didn't really bring that out. You know how much, but they considered business income is what they said. So depending on that person's tax bracket will determine whether it's that much of a negative or not. Yeah. Hey, you may be selling a lot of homes for flipping before the uh, December before twenty twenty three, Paul, because it doesn't kick in until twenty twenty three. So you still got this little window where you can buy and flip homes this year. You do. You do. The problem being is Ottawa used to be a market where you could find flips. It's a tough market to find flips now. It really is. I mean, especially with the average sale price, the way it's skyrocketing. I mean, you used to be able to, you know, put a premium on a beautiful home and, and you know, really cut the cost on an ugly home. Well, now people are buying ugly homes for premiums. So it's yeah. it's really, really hard to find a flip. The only time you can find a flip is if 
you know, if I, let's say I go to list a home and they're, they're like, you know what, we don't even care about the listing process. We just want to sell it and we'll sell it for this amount and you get it for a good deal. That's really the only way you can flip a property um, because trying to find a flip right now is really, really hard. What would a really. dog, what would a real dog house cost you now? Depends on what area, you know, like if you're looking at, there's some areas that dogs, most of the houses do look like dogs and they sell for a premium. But, you know, if you, if you look, let's say suburbia, like let's say you're looking at a Canada, Barhaven, uh, you know, an Orleans, depending on the square footage, a dog could cost you anywhere from five to $800,000, depending on, you know, what, what the square footage is. So it's, you know, some are in the millions that you're, that are selling for yeah. better dogs. So it's, it's really hard to get a, a deal on a, on a, on a property now to flip really hard. Yeah. Hard to get your money out of it, huh? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. 521 talk five two one eight two five five. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Back with Frank DiPolitano and Paul Rushforth. Well, Paul, looks like uh, you'll be able to get a home inspection if this budget goes through. They're going to make it a law that you need to get a home inspection, which I don't think is a bad idea. No, I think Frank's uh, been been touching on this quite a bit, and so have I. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I mean, it's... You know, in a market like this where most people aren't able to get a home inspection, we are seeing lots of nightmare situations. I mean, people move in, there's mold and there's issues and leaks and cracks. And and you know what? I, I'd like to hope the sellers didn't know about some of these things. But, you know, in a market like this, if there's something wrong with your house, you're pretty much unloading that problem onto another buyer, which is somewhat unfair. So I think uh, having a home inspection mandatory is not a bad thing at all. And listen, I have some good friends that are home inspectors that... Uh, um, they must have uh, got hit hard over the last two they years. They got hit hard over the last two years. Some of them, some of them, some home inspectors went out of business. Uh, I mean, one, the ones that I religiously use, uh, used to sponsor my golf tournament every single year. They couldn't do it this year, mainly because they, they just got hit so hard. Um, I mean, a lot of people going in firm, not doing home inspections. The one thing I will tell people, though, even if you have to go in firm, the day you move in, I would do a home inspection just to see what's wrong with the home and what yeah. you need to fix. But it, it'll be good for home inspectors. And like I said, I'm not uh, I'm not too disappointed if that goes in mandatory home inspections at all. And I know Frank's been talking about this for quite a while, and he's been a big proponent that he would love to see that as well. And oh, it's a it level happened, playing field, then, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it, it is a level level playing field because. We've seen, I mean, especially when we're helping buyers buy houses that you it just, you can know there's something wrong with them. They're older. You just, you can just tell there's something wrong with this home. The problem is they can't do a home inspection. And when you go through a home as a, as a um, knowledgeable real estate agent, who's been in, inside thousands and thousands of homes, you know what to look for. However, we can't see behind walls. We're, we're not, you know, I mean, there's lots of things that we can't see that we can't comment on. We're not going up into attics and seeing what the insulation's like, if there's any issues up there. You know, we're, we know about foundations, but we're not foundation experts. Yeah, and, you're not you know, electricians. You're not plumbers. We're not electricians. We don't know if there's a problem with the electrical, with the plumbing. You know, we're knowledgeable, but we're definitely not specialists where we know where we can go in and, and you know, p- point out a fault. So having a home inspection, I think, levels the playing field and it's good for consumers. I think it's good for sellers as well. You know, you don't want to sell a house and and we're seeing it right now. I've seen it multiple times where a house gets sold and the seller doesn't know there's issues. Buyer moves in, something's wrong with the house. The seller gets sued. And sometimes the real estate agent gets sued too. Right. So having a home inspector go through the house is, is definitely not a bad idea. If that, if that becomes mandatory, 
I, I don't have an issue with that at all. Now on the plus is, side, uh, on did the they plus say, sorry, sorry guys, did they like I missed? Like, is that when's that coming into? When's it being enforced? The uh, the mandatory home inspections and and who's paying for them? Well, they, have they said that, or has it just basically been loose? It's been pretty loose. Yeah. A buyer always pays for a home inspection anyways. Um, you know, I'm assuming it's going to be the buyer's cost too. Um, it, it's, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with it being the sellers though. Well, the problem with the seller being the seller's cost is the seller gets to pick the home inspector, right? No, I'd go, what, I'd go the other way, Paul. I'd have the buyer pick and the seller pay. Or, uh, or an approved list or an approved list. Very yeah. similar to what the banks and lenders have today. They have an approved appraiser list and those appraisers are approved to do the appraisals on behalf of the banks and the lenders because they've got errors and emissions insurance behind them and, they, and, and they've been qualified by the lenders. So I'd like to see, you know, whether RICO does it or whether, uh, you know, where Ontario Real Estate Board or whether the government comes out provincial or, or uh, federal government comes out with a list of approved home inspectors that have all the qualifications that are necessary to make sure that it's an uh, you know that it's a fair uh, you know inspection report that they're providing both the vendors and the purchasers with. Frank, do you know what you need right now to be a home inspector? Not Nothing. much. Nothing. You need to. I could be a home inspector. That's my point. Home. Yeah. Yeah. That's my point. That's why it has to be regulated. They have to have a course that they take. And listen, knowing the governments, they're going to make this course probably very expensive, and and maybe the entry level needs to be that way for for a home inspector now. The ones that are licensed today, hopefully they, they're grandfathered in in some degree. I mean, maybe they got to do something different. But if somebody's brand new, I think it should be a very, very tough course for them to get in because you are playing with somebody's life savings is what you're playing with. Somebody that's buying their biggest asset ever. The, the, the biggest thing about a home inspector right now, being a home inspector, is the insurance. It's super mm-hmm. expensive. But So I always say, if someone wants to pick their own home inspector, I always ask, are they insured? Do they have the insurance? And how many home inspections have they done? Because you want someone who's done hundreds, if not thousands of home inspections doing your home inspection, and they, want, they have to be certified. Nine times out of 10, when someone picks their own home inspector, a problem arises. I remember years ago when I, when I was still trading in real estate, I'm looking at a house. It's a middle unit townhome with a home inspector. I guarantee he's brand new on the job. And he was trying to convince the buyer that there's an issue here because there was a crack in the foundation. They were worrying about that you'd have to worry about leaks. And I said, leaks? It's a middle row townhome. Where's the water? How is it leaking? It's a middle wall. It's, oh, it's on an inside wall. It's an inside wall that's adjoining with another, another townhome inside wall i'm like how can it leak it's impossible to leak he's like oh no it's cracked so there could be a leak i'm like bud you've never done home inspections out of you so well I, I started a couple months ago and i'm like yeah that's what happens when you don't have a qualified home inspector who's done hundreds if not thousands of inspections and and is paying the insurance because if you have to pay the insurance that a home inspector pays it's it's thousands of dollars if you're paying that insurance it means you have the money where you've done the inspections and you're going to be reputable and and i think that i agree with frank if they came out with some sort of a list that you had to be on in order to do the home inspections or you know and you know maybe the yeah maybe the buyer picks it and the seller pays but traditionally over the years it's always been the buyer's cost uh, unless you've made a deal with the seller but it's always been the buyer's cost and i still think it should be um, the buyer's cost but if they make it mandatory they've got to have these guys licensed right Oh, you would, they have to be licensed. They have to be reputable. They have to have done multiple inspections, like tons and tons and tons of inspections. Uh, and they need that insurance, which is the biggest thing. They need that insurance. Because like I said earlier, if I want to be a home inspector today, 
I could be a home inspector today. And that's not right. And because mistakes happen and they're human beings and they could miss something. And that's okay. I mean, that's where the insurance covers that purchaser. And at least that buyer has something in their back pocket that if the home inspector innocently missed a crack foundation or missed something, something with the electrical, then at least you've got some coverage behind you to make sure that that, uh, you know, that problem can be fixed and not at your cost. Well, and without insurance, the report is not worth the paper it's written on because you have no recourse. No, Correct. no. The person that gets sued there is the, well, the home inspector without insurance and the real estate agent. That, that, that happens because we have the insurance. And title insurance doesn't cover any of that, right? Not a home inspection, no. Yeah. Title insurance will cover, you know, things uh, with the property lines and fences and all that kind of stuff, but not in a home inspection. Title insurance won't cover that. I think it might also cover the, if you're misled when you're buying a home, if the if the seller knew something and didn't tell you. Yeah, and so you know what That's when we proof. go when we go to list properties, we are trying to find out issues or, or things with the property because I never want to sell a home to somebody and not do my due diligence and then find out that something happened to the property that I should have known as a real estate agent who's been in thousands of homes. Yeah, you want everybody happy at the end of the day. Absolutely. Hey, hey, by the way, on home inspections uh, in the golf tournament this year, our home inspector friend is golfing with me, right? Yes, I'm bringing, because he sponsored us every year, yeah. he's a loyal little guy, he's, he is golfing with you in the, in the tournament, I'm bringing him, bringing so, him on board. So the good news is he's had two years to perfect his golf game. <laughs> nah, he's good enough as it is, I don't know, he's pretty good. He's taking down, he's taking down Frank's team this year. Gonna say, sure. Yeah, you better look out this year, Frank. Yep. 521-TALK, 521-8255, we'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth. All right, Frank, we haven't touched on it too deeply. Interest rates and we got prime happening again this week. It's painful. Like I said, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but when it comes to interest rates, unfortunately, where we were a year ago and where we are today is... uh, is is different i mean you know we are touching four percent on many of our products right now when it comes to a traditional five-year fixed mortgage so even on a high ratio one you're in the very very high threes where a short 12 months ago we were in the high ones low twos so big big difference between then and now and then add to that the fact that uh, what did you say paul two hundred thousand or a hundred thousand since last year you know you add that on top of inflation and everything else and Boy, it's that much tougher to qualify for a mortgage today. Uh, at least homeowners, you know, the thing that's been really good for homeowners is the fact that they've they've uh, inherited a lot of equity over the last year and two years. That you know, if they've got a lot of outside debt, they've got an opportunity to to put that debt together and help them through what might be a crisis now. With with like I said, gas prices, food prices, everything else going up, and if they're really struggling, at least they've got that equity to fall back on. But uh, for those that are trying to get into the market today, oof, it's an uphill battle now. And in many cases, they're going to need their mom, their dad, their brother, their sister to help out uh, to qualify for a house. And that's, that's, that's the age group that's going to be hit the hardest right now is that, you know, 25 to 35 year old that has aspirations to become a homeowner. They're the ones that are going to feel it the most right now. Mom and dad helping a lot these days? Uh, the, the last that we saw was 30%. I imagine by the time we uh, we see the new stats, maybe six months from now, 
I'm guessing that number will be closer to 40 and touching 50% by uh, within a year or two, just because, uh, you know, think about it. I mean, if, in Ottawa, I mean, if the average house is, you know, even a condo though, I mean, I mean, you can get into a condo, I guess, because the average condo is what, just under 500 grand, uh, Paul? For yeah, the average four, condo? 468, 468. Yeah, so 468, I mean, 5% is 23,000. You know, you put in your closing costs, you can probably get in under 30,000 in, in down payment, which isn't so bad. Your income at that point has to be close to six-figure income to qualify for it because of condo fees. Um, so maybe that's a good starting point. And, and there are lots of condos being built, I, I think, in the city of Ottawa, at least. You know, I seem to see a lot of cranes out there right now. So I think that that's, you know, that's the area where, where we're going to see some more growth uh, for sure. But, you know, if you're, uh, you know, for someone's looking for that single home right now, even a townhouse. I mean, the townhouse is probably average in the sixes, right, Paul? I, I would say, or, I mean, the average more, depending yeah. on neighborhood. Yeah. There's yeah they're they're hovering probably between uh, yeah I'm gonna say probably high sixes right now because we're seeing some I mean there's one in Orleans the other day that sold for eight fifty two for a right. townhome so for a townhome yeah. yeah yeah and then all of a sudden now you're looking at you know five percent of the first five hundred another ten percent of two hundred so you know now you're looking to need fifty to fifty five thousand dollars for a down payment as well as you know in excess of one hundred twenty five to one hundred thirty thousand dollars in income to qualify so. You know, that's where the family member comes in or that's where, you know, you've got two friends buying it together instead of a single person. And, and, and you know, you're having to make some compromises as to what you thought you would have done two, three years ago is just not realistic today. And you're having to, to change the, uh, the path when it comes to home ownership. When you see when you see how fast this average sale price is going up, I mean, I'm looking right now and looking what, what happened last March compared to this March. Our average sale price last March was six hundred and forty six thousand dollars, which three months earlier was five twenty nine. So it was six thirty six or six forty six last March, seven thirty eight this year. Almost a hundred thousand dollars in that year. It's gone up, and it's like I, I've never seen this before. I mean, like we we've seen double digit increases in the average sale price, but this is crazy. Like in the last three months, our average sale price has gone up forty six point five percent, which is unheard of like and has residential yeah. gone up even more than that paul uh, residential is residential's year to date is up 13.8 percent so average sale price is up 14.2 and residential is up 13.8 so uh it's it's high i mean when you look at residential last year at this time was 730 this 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 year 831 so the average residential price has gone up hundred and one thousand dollars over this last year so 2012, Paul. The average uh, house in Ottawa, I, I read somewhere, was three hundred fifty thousand. Three fifty one, three fifty one, seven ninety two. Yep. Yeah, crazy. Like that's that's you know, in ten years, boom, double. Yep. Well, that's well, a, that's years. a lot of mortgage money. In two thousand in two thousand and nine, we just snuck into three hundred thousand range. We're at three hundred three, and twelve years later, <laughs> we're at seven. Uh, what are we? Seven thirty eight. So that's. Unbelievable! That's yep. crazy, and 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 Prime's going to go up this week, right, Frank? Another 50. yeah, we think. I mean, right now the money's on half a percent, believe it or not. So uh, again, another thing that the, the federal budget touched on, but really didn't address. They kept talking about inflation, but they really didn't address that. You know what what's out there to help? You know the average Canadian with this number. I mean, you know the one thing that that's pretty clear is that with inflation comes extra revenue for the government. So yeah, the deficit 
should come down because of the extra revenue they're getting it. But, you know, they tax the bank as well, and they introduced this one tax to the big banks. Um, come on, wake up. I mean, there's no way that the banks are going to diminish their profits with this tax. That tax is, again, coming from the average Canadian. Guaranteed within the next 30 to 60 days, we're going to see fees go up tremendously at the banks, whether it's bank accounts, whether it's mutual funds, whether it's mortgages. You, they are going to get that revenue back. There's not a chance that the banks are going to make less yeah. net profit because of this new tax. No, they're not they're getting, getting, not gonna eat that. No way. Not at all, not at all. But we need to see that as, as voters and as Canadians, we need to see that and hold our government accountable and say, well, wait a second, you're really taxing us. You could say that you're taxing the banks, but you're not because we need the banks. If we, need, we didn't need the banks, that's okay. But we need a bank account. Like every Canadian needs a bank account to survive. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're paying that tax and it's not fair. Do you have a bank account, Frank? I just heard you keep your money in your mattress. <laughs> you know what, though? You know, joking aside, I think some people are going to start to do, do more of that because they just don't feel good about the fact that they, they have to pay what they do with the banks and, and the money that the banks are making. I've had a lot of clients say that they're, they're absolutely appalled at the fact that they have money in their bank account and they aren't getting any interest whatsoever on it. Yeah. I mean, the banks are paying no interest out whatsoever. That's why Frank hides his money in his second kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> to the phones uh, we go and say hello to Eddie in Ottawa. Hello, Eddie. Hey, guys. Uh, so, question about when government says they're building new homes, how can you, like, can you give us, like, in detail, like, whether they have construction companies and they're going out in the, and then... Are they going to have real estate agents uh, working for the government? Like, what in the world are they talking about when they say they're building new homes? Well, the government they- means what they're doing is they're giving money. They're trying to give money to builders to build new homes uh, is, is what they're trying to do. They're, they're, they're not in the construction business. They're just working with the construction companies to get more shovels in the ground and build more homes. That's what they're talking about. Okay. And is this like just like free money grants or are they loans? I think there are more incentives, right, Paul? Yeah, there'll be incentives. Uh, they could be uh, opening up more lands. Uh, it, it all depends on, on, on what they're trying to do. I know they're, the biggest red tape is the red tape involved with building. So, And all of that than, is provincial anyway. Yeah, so rather than money, why don't you just cut the red tape and let builders get shovels in the ground? And, and you know, a couple of years ago, we read a report that a, a third of the cost of a build, of a new home build, I think it was a third, is actually in soft costs like permits and that kind of that kind of stuff and and, and that's where builders they have to keep increasing their prices because the government keeps increasing all the soft costs and, so that, maybe, and that's yeah. municipal right paul yeah so maybe that money goes towards some of the soft costs i mean cutting some of the permit costs and um, you know because it's expensive to build a home for these builders and when that report came out and it said i think it was a third frank you might know you might know as well but i think they said a third of the cost to a new home builder is actually in their soft costs before they even put a shovel in the ground okay but according like as far as you guys are concerned really the the issue is just getting through the red tape they builders have money they don't need yeah. They don't need that assistance. I mean, they'll take it, but they they're not getting money. I don't think the builders are getting money. I think the money's going to the municipality. So I think this is going to be like a whittle down effect where, you know, the federal government's setting this money aside and then every single city will need to apply for a certain amount of that money. And then the city will then open up maybe some land 
or uh, but they're still going to sell it. I don't think builders are going to get land for free. No. And if they do, then the cities will own that property. Maybe they might get builders to build it, but it's not the builder who owns it. It's the city that owns it, and then the city will sell it. We don't know the details yet, but there's certainly, I hope not anyway, you know, they're not giving more money to uh, build, builders that are rich enough already. The idea is not to get builders richer. At least I hope that's not the case. So we won't see no. any impact from this for at least two years and probably more, right? Yeah. I don't think, so yeah, I don't think, yeah, this is a long-term play. This is not a, you know, a get rich quick scheme here. This is a, this is a long-term play. We probably won't see anything happening because I think they said this comes into effect in what, September or something like that? Was it September? Well, again, keep in mind, a lot of that money is, is geared for affordable housing. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I mean, I think that there's going to be parcels of land where you're not going to see the two-acre lots or the 40 by 100 lots. I think you're going to see a lot of townhouses. I think you're going to, lead a, you're going to see a lot of stacked, maybe apartments. That's what I think you're going to see more than uh, what is generic in most of our neighborhoods that we see, where you see a whole bunch of townhouses in single homes. I don't think that's what they have in mind. Yeah. Well, also, truly, that's where builders make money on high-density homes, townhomes, terrace homes, track homes, apartments. That's where they're making – they're not making money on these 35 – well, they're making money, but they're not making as much money on these 3,500-square-foot singles. They're making money on jamming as many properties into one – You know, if they have three doors under one roof, they're making money and good money, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to do more high-density homes. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Back with Paul Rushworth and Frank DiPolitano. Well, the other thing the government's kicking around, and really I guess not much of a big difference in this one, is that if you buy your own home, you have to stay in it for a year or else they're going to consider it flipping. That's pretty much the case right now, isn't it? Well, there's some rules to that too, though, right? Like they put in there, it comes with a job loss or job transfer or a divorce or something like that. A death, death. in the family. Yeah, yeah, even, even a birth of a child, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, but yeah, it's, they're going to consider that flipping. And we talked about that earlier. I, because I'm a flipper and I believe in it and I believe in, you know, making money, beautifying a house and selling it to another family. It's, I, I don't like that. I think no, but that, this one they're talking about your own home, right? So you, you actually move into it and you sell it within a year. I, I have a buddy who's a builder who builds, I don't know, maybe, maybe three or four homes a year. And that's what he does. He moves into the home. Yeah. As he's building his next property, then sells that one, moves into the one he just built, then sells that one. And why? Why is that wrong? I don't see why that's it's wrong. It's a business. It's I don't believe it's a business. Yeah, it shouldn't. Be I don't give a crap if it's a business or not. Yeah, but well, no, no business is tax free, Paul. Yeah, right. well, it's a business. What are you doing? I all mean, your buddy's got to do is have nice. a kid every year. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But yeah, separate, divorce every year, like get, get a new wife every year. And then you got to read. No, you know what? You know, at the end of the day, I, I, I partially agree with you, Paul, but you also have to look at the other side. I mean, that's a business. I mean, if that's what he's doing to earn his income, that's a business. And that's why he needs to be taxed on it. Yeah. So. yeah I'm all about getting ahead, doing things like that. You know, hey, you don't have to like it, I guess. <laughs> I don't have to like it. Uh, so. Yeah, so is that something that they're definitely bringing in, eh? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, along with everything yeah, else. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, you know, I don't see the provinces back anyway. Hey, last I checked, uh, you know, if the average price was, what, 350 
Uh, 10 years ago, that means the land transfer tax, if you bought a house, was maybe 4500 Today, the average home is 750 That land transfer tax is now $12,000 or $13,000. So, uh, you know, again, I mean, this is, this is my point sometimes I say is like everything is costing more for that first-time home buyer. Yes, they get a $4,000 land transfer tax credit, but that was introduced seven, eight years ago when the average price was 400,000, 450,000. Now the average price is 800. I don't see them saying maybe we should increase that land transfer tax rebate to six or 7,000 to give the first time. That's what they need to do. That's progressive for me because what they're doing is they're just making it that much more difficult to get into the housing market. Yeah. I've always said that the first time home buyers always spur the market, you know, because first time home buyers move in, that allows someone to move up. That allows someone to move down, and that's what creates the market movement and activity. And right now, with the first-time home buyers not affording to get into the market, they can't get into the market. That's what's slowing down our market a little bit. And you know, we talked about the number of sales is down. Uh, now it's also because of inventory, but it's also because there's a lot of first-time home buyers that are not getting into the market, not starting that cycle over and over and over again. And they got to do something to get some first-time homebuyers in there, whether it's, you know, affordable housing, whether it's, you know, incentives like this or rebates or whatever it is. We need to get first-time homebuyers into the market. It's tough right now. How many different incentives are there now, Frank, in order for you to get in? you got the, uh, the first-time homebuyers plan, which they've increased, I think, a little bit. Uh, the, the one that you pay the government back, I don't know why they still have that one. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, it's had no intake whatsoever, so yes, they still have it because they can kind of hang their flag on it. I, I mean, let's call it spade a spade. If you if you buy in Ontario, the land transfer tax rebate four thousand bucks for first time home buyers, not bad, a little bit of a help. But again, with the average price being what it's what it is, it's still extremely expensive. Uh, you know, you look at the RSP home. Uh, you know, the RSP is not for first time home buyers. It's it's meant for first time home buyers. But if you've been through a separation and or divorce and um, or if you haven't owned a home for more than five years and you don't know anything, if, if you used it previously and you don't know anything on it, you're eligible to take up to $35,000 out of the RSP over 50, and paid back over 15-year equal installments. So that's there. I mean, there's the tax credits when you do your income tax return. Uh, but again, if you look at the overall cost today versus even a short three years ago or four years ago, what it cost to buy a house, uh, it is so much more today, um, you know, to qualify is so much more difficult. The upfront cost is so much more in reference to the down payment, land transfer tax, uh, that, uh, you know, the PST on the default insurance, because if you buy with less than 20% down, uh, it's default insurance, then you have to pay a PST on that default insurance. Well, because the average price of the home has gone up, that's higher. And when you look at everything and add it all up, it's that much more difficult for Again, that the average person, the average Canadian to be able to get into a home, specifically in Ottawa. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Dear mom. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's funny, though, but Frank talk, touched on this earlier, you know, where 30% of people are turning to their parents right now. That number is going to continue to grow as our price keeps going up and up and up, right? And it's. Yeah. And the only thing that's really good out there is because the property values have gone up. You've got some parents that are saying, you know, this is newfound money. We didn't expect this money. Let's see if we can help our kids. So I think that that's, you know, that's kind of the good news, uh, you know, it, in all of this. But, but a lot of know, parents have everybody... that equity in their home, right, Frank? Yeah, I do right. now. Yeah. Right. But not everybody is afforded of that. So not everybody has a parent that, you know, has their house paid for or has a lot of equity in their house. Some parents are still struggling paycheck to paycheck. And, 
you know, with inflation numbers where they are and everything else going up, they're struggling. So um, again, I mean, you know, I think again, getting a mortgage today, you know, as much as it's more difficult, more paperwork, more everything else, I think the part that hurts the most right now is the fact that the interest rates have gone up as quickly as they have, because before, even if someone call, had to qualify five and a quarter, if you were getting your mortgage at two and a quarter, you can actually do the math based on two and a quarter, and that's what your payment is. Now that your payment is touching 4%, uh, most people are looking at, especially first-time homebuyers, and saying, we can't afford that. Like, that's not in our budget, because we'll have nothing left for anything else. you got to be doing a lot of pre-approvals over again these days, right? Of course. I mean, you know, now, uh, keep in mind, I mean, you qualify based on the higher up five and a quarter percent or the contract rate plus two percent. So if a five-year high ratio mortgage today is at 3.79, I can no longer qualify you at five and a quarter. I have to qualify you at 5.79%. So, um, you know, again, I mean, there's just another obstacle that, that you've got to climb. And um, again, I feel bad because for, for anyone that's looking to get into the housing market, much more difficult. Uh, for someone that's been in the housing market, whether it's been a year or five years, uh, your equity is, you're happy because your equity is, is at an all-time high and you're feeling really good about uh, your decision to buy a home when you did. Oh, joy. Hey, listen, why didn't CMHC increase the insurable amount? Don't know. Uh, we're hoping that would have been part of the budget, but hopefully with a little luck, maybe they, they make that announcement over the next month or two. Um, you know, it's hard to say. You know, I think a couple of things, like I said, the 30-year amortization would have been a really good one to introduce to first-time home buyers. That would have been simple, would have made a lot of sense, and I don't know why they didn't do that one. It, it's hard to understand why they made the decisions they did. Uh, all I can say is when I when I read it and I you know, and I slept on it and I looked at it. Uh, at the end of the day, they really didn't help a lot of people for today. Uh, there's not a lot, of help, a lot of help for today. Birthdays? Birthdays, I've got uh, a few of them. I've got uh, Lisa Belanger, uh, from who's been with us since day one, celebrating her birthday today. Good friends, Rita Sousa and Maria Ranieri, celebrating their birthday this week. And my beautiful niece, Nadia, celebrating her birthday this week as well. So happy birthday to them. Oh, uh, I just I just have one. Uh, Mikey Machargo, you guys know very well, uh, yeah. celebrated 11 years with the company on Wednesday. So happy anniversary, Mike Machargo. And how can we help the Ukrainians, Paul? Uh, you can actually email me, paul at paulrushforth.com, uh, or drop anything you can donate off to the Canada office and the Orleans office. Uh, gift cards is probably what, what they're looking for right now. Uh, it's probably the best thing that could really help out. So my Orleans or my Canada office, please help out. Uh, for my uh, wonderful girlfriend who's bringing over this family. Paul at paulrushford.com, Frank N at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. Have a great week, gentlemen. Great Great week, and stay stay safe, and please support local businesses and charities all.